This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Winter is here, and I encourage you to save your back this year. Contact Keller's today and get a quote for residential or commercial snow removal. And also, it is never too early to start thinking about spring. COVID has put a delay on so many things. Do not delay in getting yourself set up with one of the best in the business when it comes to getting your yard looking its best. Visit Keller's at their location on Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania, just down the street from Blue Ribbon Dairy, or head over to their social media pages for more information. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. Amanda Dittmar, John, how okay. are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. I feel like I have not, I've seen you obviously uh, because we have the internet, but I don't think we have spoken since I left the weekender back in 2013. That's probably accurate. <laughs> That's nine years ago. That's crazy. It's like a lifetime ago. It really, it really is. Amanda, your your face still gets red. Yeah, I probably still get a little rosy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, Amanda Dittmar is a, a long time. I'll, I'll still call you a friend. Um, we don't obviously we don't talk, but uh, uh, Amanda spent some time at the Weekender back in the day as an intern, and then eventually she was hired full time when I was the general manager. Um, and I would love to hear the stories about that you may have after I left um, or not, whatever you want to do. But a lot has happened in the past nine years since we last kind of talked. Uh, and I want to get into it. I mean, I've been having a lot of fun doing these interviews with, um, you know, previous uh, Weekender employees as part of this this podcast that I've been doing. I had a lot of conversations with some some awesome people from back in the day. And, you know, I think we had a lot of fun at the Weekender, so... Absolutely. I'm like super excited to bounce in and you're like the beginning of my little mini press thing that I'm doing for an art show. So, Oh, you're doing a press tour. Okay. Okay. All right. You're just using me. I, I see. I thought, I, I thought we were just going to hang out, but you're just using well, me. Well, yeah, you know, a little gonna, bit of both. We're just going to plug some events here, I guess, huh? Well, let's catch up first. Man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's, that's why I, I, I wanted to create this platform because I wanted people not only to hang out and have conversations, but also use it as a, a platform to talk about the cool things that they've got going on. So Amanda Dittmar, you were an intern at the weekend to start things off. Um, I was. Yeah, I how did that, yeah. I mean, what year was that? How did, when did that happen? How did that start? Um, okay. So that would have been 2009. I emailed probably Steve Husted back then and Rachel Pugh to get an internship because I needed one for college back when I was at Marywood. So, and you, and you chose one that didn't pay. What a fool. Yeah. You know, that should have um, been the first red flag. This girl, yeah. 
<laughs> I'll take an unpaid internship. I did, I did too. We're all fools. Yeah. You know, and I stayed too. I interned yeah. and just like never left for many years. Now, did you start as an intern? Because I know you're uh, were a photographer as well. Did you do design and photography or did you just focus on design? How did that kind of happen? I was doing design and photography. So back then, uh, I remember my first projects were cutting out the man and model of the week to put on uh, the lovely back pages of the weekender, lots of hair to hey, cut out. And- those those were the most popular. Well, the model of the week was the most popular page of the weekender. Us creepy guys, you know, like we had to like, <laughs> see who, who it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel... Like eventually I ended up photographing half of the community for man and model of the week. I was sending out many messages via social media to strangers to come model. Yeah. Well, I think when you started doing that and kind of took it over, it kind of, it kind of took it to a a new level. Um, It was more um, creative in the sense that they were shot on location with nice, nice scenery um, as opposed to back in the day when I, I don't know how it started, but when I was an intern and then even when I got hired full time, we were just taking pictures of girls out of clubs. I, mean, I remember, was... I remember people coming into the office and standing in like the hallway against a white wall. For my, some wife, of them. my wife did that. That's how I met yeah. her. That's how I met her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you used it as like Tinder back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did a couple <laughs> models back then. Yeah, you know. Don't tell my wife that. Oh, man. I'm sure she watches. So. She doesn't. She doesn't. So it's okay. Oh, okay. So you're you're off the hook for that one. I'm safe. This will probably be the one and only one she watches, and I'm, I'll be in big trouble. Absolutely. That would be really funny. I'll make sure to send it to her, because I believe we're still friends on Facebook, <laughs> too. I see all of the adorable updates of your son. Yeah, how about that? I mean, I uh, I well, you see, I, I used I used it to my advantage. I, I had to, you know, I had to find the right one, and I, yeah. I did that. I did that. You but, did it, uh, you know. But this is not about me. We could talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I ended up. I feel like Man and Model of the Week transitioned over to. Um, shooting people on location and I think another local photographer started shooting them at one point and then eventually I took over doing freelancing and asking people to meet me in the strangest locations reflecting back on that to like take photos what was the strangest one like I'm talking back alleys of places where I was like, Oh, there's some cool graffiti here. Let's go into this like sketchy back alley. Amanda, um, this, this, you know, these times are different now. I don't think that would be okay these days. I, yeah. I really like, I don't think this whole process would have <laughs> gone by. As well, I don't, or- well, I don't think you can do, you could do, you know, have a man or model of the week these days. Really? I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I, just, I feel like I, you could do like person of the week because there's a lot of local creatives and local personalities well, that you can highlight. We did that. We, it was a, I think it was like a who is feature. We kind of had yeah. a, you know, oh, I, mean, yeah, I, I shot think, a bunch of those. Yeah. I, but I don't think you could do a man and model of the week. 
Like, I feel like the woke mob would come after you and, and, you know, shut it down. Like, you know, we're, we're discriminating against, um, you name it. They would, they would, they would call issues on, um, you know, body shaming or whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's a different world. It definitely is. I mean, like reflecting on that and like, I've looked at like previous, images like that I have on hard drives still from like shoots or like on old Facebook posts that come up in my timeline and it's just it really is like I feel like we were in a different world back then too and it's not that long ago 10 years you know like uh, yeah but it's crazy how much yeah how really life does change I'm married now so like what yeah what yeah, I've been married for like a year. Wow. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so life is like, it's just, I think a lot has changed. I don't even think I've picked up a weekender probably in the past at least eight years. Either. Yeah, you're, you're better off. It's just, yeah. I, I should. I, I don't want to be mean. Um, but you know, I feel like not- we were the last of that, like, weekender legacy where we were very involved in the community i feel like we're at every local event doing something yeah it's it's a shame because like and i again i don't want to talk poorly about it but it stopped printing uh slightly before the uh the covid virus hit the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh like so maybe february of 2020 Mm -hmm. and obviously you know throughout the, the pandemic, it really didn't have a reason to exist because there were no events, there were no you know things going on. So um, it made sense for it to kind of die. And I, I thought at that point, it you know, RIP, like it had its run, let it, uh, mm-hmm. let it just cease to exist. But then I think like six, seven, maybe eight months ago, I forget how long ago it was, <clears throat> they brought it back. And mm-hmm. I don't really understand the concept behind bringing it back. Because they started doing it once a month and putting it out on a Thursday. So you took the weekender that printed every Wednesday, every week, 52 weeks a year, to a Thursday, one time a month. Just call it the month ender. Yeah, it's not really the weekender anymore. No, just let it die. Let it die. That's so sad. I really, maybe they need a rebrand. I don't know. I mean, people say, you know, um, you could bring it back and do it the right way. I just don't know if there's a, a place for a print publication for arts and entertainment like that. Because when it started, it was before, you know, people really had the internet. It was before social media. The only way to find out what was going on at different places and and where things were were happening was to pick up the weekender. It was a uh, a magnificent uh, uh, thing created by uh, Jim McDonald, who I had on. Um, but uh, you know, it doesn't make much sense in today's today's uh, landscape. Digital age, yeah, yeah, I yeah. It really has changed. I feel like Instagram was just really starting when I went full time at the weekender, and by the time I ended, I ended up being like the creative director there before I left but like social media and like Facebook was around because we did promote stuff on Facebook and stuff but people still picked up the weekender I remember like back then like 
the boxes would empty out sometimes and it was just yeah it was awesome it was a great thing to be a part of i i i um i wouldn't be where i am today without uh being a part of that so i'm i'm very thankful that's why i wanted to do uh these uh these podcast interviews mm-hmm. uh to kind of just have like a, like a time capsule of of you know the the people involved and just kind of hear their stories and i i'm a very um sentimental person um but let's go back to you said you were you were intern doing models of the week and men of the week and things like that um how did you uh transition from uh intern to full-time um so i went from intern to freelancing shooting man and model of the week and then uh steve you said the graphic designer was leaving at the time and i'd interviewed i believe rachel interviewed me for the position um interviewed and got hired initially as the graphic designer and then um you were still there doing were you doing marketing and sales still then but what year were you hired full-time was it 2012 Somewhere around there, like 2012, maybe 2013. It had to have been 2012. Um, Rachel was Rachel left very shortly after I started. Yeah, so that was a really wild uh, few months because Steve had put his notice in. Uh, I don't know if that was 2011 that he left. So I graduated in 10, so it would have probably 11 or 12 right i can't remember i just i remember because steve was leaving then rachel all of a sudden left so there was this Mm -hmm. huge like just transition of like everybody it was a whole and then nikki and mike left this was all in my first year well it was like mike left i think in 2010 okay so mike was there when i was an intern right right but I think when I, you started full time, like Nikki was there for a minute and then she mm-hmm. left. So like there was a lot happening. Steve left, Rachel left, Nikki left. Then you were the uh, graphic designer for us. I took Rachel's position as general manager. Rich Howells, who was a staff writer for like I feel like a week, went from staff writer to editor. Uh, Sarah Bacorny, now she's yeah. married. I don't know her last name now. Uh, but she came in as a staff writer. There was almost like a whole new staff of, of yeah. weekender crew in, in a very, very, very short, time. short period of time. Yeah. And there was a whole new sales staff that came in too when you went into, uh, when you took over Rachel's job as well. It was, yeah. Karen was there for a little while. Paul Shaw came over from the Times Leader. Um, Chris, I feel like. Chris Hughes was kind of helping Rich. Um, no, I feel like there was another Chris from sales oh, that was oh, like Kieran's friend. Chris was there after I had left. So there's, yeah, there's a whole, there was a, it was like a mess of like a two year span after. It was almost like a domino effect. Rachel, Steve left. And like, you know, we were, we were there for a while. Like Rachel was there for nine or 10 years. I was there, mm-hmm. you know, nine years. Steve was there. I think he was, there for maybe six years mm-hmm. um and then all of a sudden there was a, a, a new 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 faces to the weekender and uh, yeah i don't think that that had anything to do with the, the downfall of it it was a lot i think the internet was most of it but you know and, and ownership ownership and mm-hmm. some man uh management too but 
Um, so yeah, you jumped in as um, the graphic designer. I mean, that mm-hmm. was your first full-time job, kind of, sort of? Second, second one out of college. But like, I was making a lot of design decisions and making a lot of the visual decisions for everything from our like ads to pages. I was designing pages too and like the covers and any editorial creative. I think I still have like old prints from when I was there tucked away and stuff. Yeah, what was it like during your time there? Because I mean, it was it was a, a whirlwind as far as yeah. you know, people coming and going. And I feel like I kind of got a bit of when you were in your heyday and sales there, and Rachel like that old crew because that was part of my internship. And then it was just when I got hired on, it was a lot of transition. And then once we got purchased by Civitas and they started moving us over to like the Times Leader building. A lot of faces started leaving. And I think I was the uh the last of our whole generation of crew. Um <laughs> jokingly <laughs> I laugh now, but like Rachel's hand chair, I have it in my apartment. Really? It's like, yeah, I just used it for my photo shoot. Rachel commented on it. Because I didn't want to leave it there. I was so mad at like, you know, we had all left and everything. We worked so hard to like build and create this really big community thing. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree with certain changes they were making. So I felt like my face was in the paper. People noticed you in public and I, I couldn't yeah. keep having my face there in it with things that I didn't agree with. So yeah, when I left, I took the answer. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy yeah. you did that. <laughs> it's my rebellious like. I'm, that taking, this. And I'm taking this. With, this is mine. I'm taking yep. this. <laughs> took that, and when I remember my last day walking out from one of our zombie shoots, there were still like bloody handprints on a window, and it made me chuckle from one of like um, the photo shoots that like Taney's did with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you were still there at that point. I think I, I don't know. I don't remember. I just, I just felt so bad. I mean, all I wanted to do was be the general manager and I feel like I finally got it mm-hmm. and I had a great team in place and it was almost like a, a blessing in disguise having like this new crew because a lot of times when, you know, you work side by side with people and then you become their boss. It's really hard to differentiate that, yeah. that um, transition. Yeah. And, you know, that's such a, it, it, I didn't have to worry about that. Like you were, you were kind of, you were new as like a full-time employee. I mean, you've been around mm-hmm. for a while, but you know, Rich was new and Sarah was new. and Kieran was there mm-hmm. for like a year. Like it was like kind of cool to like start building something, you know, with a new team and, and kind of taking things forward. And, like you said, when Civitas purchased it, it was just, I felt so, I, I felt helpless. Like I felt like I was constantly letting you guys down. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys like, you know, looked at me for guidance and I'm like, my hands are tied. I don't, I, I have no say, I have no control nope. over any yeah. of this. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, I, every week, cause I was still handling sales too, when I was the GM mm-hmm. every week I was saying sorry to one of my customers who I 
worked with for nine years and saying, Hey, sorry, your ad is, is, uh, you know, you, you, you paid for, you know, a half page and it ran as a quarter page or, you know, you paid for a color, oh. color ad and it ran black and white, whatever it might be. And it's easy to say, Hey, mistakes happen. And I'll give you, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. next week I'll bonus you an extra ad or I'll make your ad for, uh, a half page or a full page from a half page, whatever you have to do to kind of, you know, yeah. make them happy. But it was every week. And I'm like, yeah. every week I'm saying, sorry, I'm saying, sorry to my customers. I'm saying, sorry to my staff. I'm saying, sorry, every freaking week. And I'm like, I'm not going to let these people who aren't even local to us, they're, I think, North Carolina mm-hmm. or wherever the hell they were, who didn't give a shit about us, I'm not going to let them ruin something that, that I've built for nine years, my reputation, all mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And then I feel like once you left, it was like a slow fire sale of either them moving and changing and moving like their design team to their centralized location or just general changes. It, it turned into something that like I understood my reputation as well. And just, I had to leave. There was times where I went to time shamrock mm-hmm. and i remember there was there being some like spots open over there for designers and i remember contacting you saying hey like you know if you're looking to get out because i knew people yeah. were happy um so i mean you were there for uh as, as a full-time employee for what two years i feel like two or three years it's such a blur like from where i am now to like think back then i want to say it was like two or three years I was there and left um, and I shot, I shoot photography. So like I continued shooting photography after I finally left because of, I would agree with you, you left because of the changes. And I think I was the last of our, of your staff from the design and content stand that was there before I left. Were you still there after Rich was asked to leave? Yes, I was. He was asked to leave when we were at Warp Tour. And I was left at Warp Tour and got a phone call. And like, I did interviews. And I'd never done an interview in my life. I was interviewing bands. I forgot to press record on one. Did an entire interview. Never recorded it. Oh, no. Yeah, like it was that was like one of the worst days of working there where I I very closely quit that day Man. because they called him back from Warp Tour and then Rich was kind enough to call me and tell me like what happened and I was like I don't know what to do. <laughs> and yeah, and then slowly as it I believe I was the last of the non civit like civitas hires. Right. So yeah. All right. So you left the weekender. You said I've had yeah. enough. This is this is yeah. bullshit. This is this is not what I want to do. This is not. Uh, you're not going to let them ruin your reputation. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you, um, you started doing photography. I'm not starting. Yeah. But you I mean, continued. I yeah, I've, yeah. I continued doing photography. I worked as a designer for like local companies, um, like working in screen print design and uh, now have transitioned my full-time day job. I do marketing uh, for an e-commerce site 
and by day and by night I paint um, and I have a show opening on April 1st, which is wild. E-commerce by day, painter by night. Yeah, essentially. What, uh, what company do you work for? I work for Vintage Tub and Bath. Okay. Um, they're out in Mountain Okay. Yeah, I work in their marketing That's department. That's cool. So, do you yeah. like it? Yeah. Yeah. I like marketing. Marketing's fun. Yeah. Um. I, w- I wish that, because uh, I, I majored in marketing when I was in college, but mm-hmm. um, back then you didn't have to, like I took uh, Photoshop as an elective. And mm-hmm. I think like shortly after I graduated in 2005, they started, I think, making that like, a mandatory part of the curriculum, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think you need, or if you don't need it, I mean, it's definitely an asset to have if you can be in marketing and also capable of designing ads and, and especially now with, you know, digital advertising and things like that, it's yeah. such, a, such an asset. I think it almost always have, have to have that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do tons of email marketing. Um, so with that, and I even with my, the painting work I do, I have to market myself on social media, which is a very, surreal experience to have to like really be vulnerable in that situation and I just I a lot of my artwork and I don't know if you've checked out um my social page and stuff but I'm very vulnerable and honest about what's behind the pieces and the emotions and whatnot and and then to market on top of that and to um I have people buying my artwork, which is crazy to think I've that I've never met buying pieces to put in their homes, as well as like friends from all the way back in high school buying pieces. So it's just, it's been a really surreal year, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of, I mean, you were on social media, but I think you weren't really active, uh, so so to speak, and then all of a sudden. I see Amanda Dittmar pop up mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to try and say this. Uh, you're, you're called the, uh, the artist. Oh man. <laughs> it's so it's Japanese. Right? Um, I'm half Japanese. So it's actually, I have two middle names and it's my Japanese middle name. Okay. You say it before I screw it up. Okay. It's Sachiko. See, I, that's what I was going to go with first, but then I started second guessing myself and I'm like, maybe it's not like the CH sound, mm-hmm. but okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my Instagram is the artist Sachiko and it's spelled S A C H I K O. Um, so that's my middle name. I just felt the most comfortable, um, painting under a pseudonym, but still a part of myself as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I love the, uh, the, you know, your middle name and it's kind of this, um, I don't know. It's like this, it's cool. That's really neat. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. And I saw these, these, you know, paintings pop up and I'm like, you know, how long have you been working on this? How long have you been, have you been setting this up for? Um, so I actually started painting in high school and was very passionate about painting and photography However, didn't see it as a career path uh, back then. 
So I went into graphic design. I felt like it was an easier way to get a real job, so to speak, as an artist. Um, but the pandemic hit and um, I'm sure you know that put all of us into a much different situation. Uh, I was feeling a lot more anxious and my wife and I were shopping and she was like, I've never seen you paint. Why don't like, let's get some supplies and start painting. And so she encouraged me and then I started and she's like, you should keep going. And it's turned into this big, bigger project. And um, I want to say at the end of last year, I'd stopped in to see my friends at Bazaar Skate Shop. I'm not sure if you've been yet, but uh, they're downtown. Um, and I stopped in to check them out talking about my artwork. They were telling me that they were getting into first Friday and uh, one thing led to another. And I got offered this show in April and it opens April 1st. Um, I mean, there's going to be a reception from five to nine. It was our skate shop. And uh, I'm super excited as well as very nervous <laughs> to, to share everything. Yeah, Bizarre Skate Shop on Adams Ave, I believe it is, in Scranton, April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys that's a part of that shop is uh, is a worker at uh, Axel Red. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb, right? Yeah, Caleb. Yeah, I've known, uh, my wife actually went to high school with Caleb, and I've known him for years. Uh, just, I used to photograph local shows and stuff, and he was in a ton of bands, so mm-hmm. we've met along the way, and yeah, what he's doing down there is just really awesome for the local community, especially for like young local skaters looking to get in to have a shop like that is just like really incredible. Yeah, Axelrad is full of like people like that, you know, that have these like creative sides to them. And I always feel somewhat like an outcast because a lot of the staff there is, you know, like I said, they're creative and they're uh, entrepreneurial and, you know, they're tattooed and i mean i have a you know a little bit some tattoos but um you know i mean this uh, is very like creative in its own way podcasting like has a huge community and i mean you're literally documenting stories of people that you've known so i feel like this is your creative outlet okay oh i like that i like that yeah yeah, I've had, uh, you know, outside of these these weekend interviews, I've had a chance of uh, interviewing some of my favorite bands. Uh, I just confirmed um, the lead singer from the Verve Pipe. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, these, these are bands that, you know, from the 90s and things like that, but mm-hmm. that's who I grew up with. I mean, I interviewed the guy from uh, Tantric, uh, which was like one of my favorite bands in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got an interview with Cold, lead singer Cold. That's awesome. Yeah, up. there's a... Uh, um, University Drives going on tour with them, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's really cool to see how the community connects and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I, I appreciate you saying that because uh yeah I guess I guess so I don't think of myself as a very creative person but I mean I guess this is an outlet. Um, but yeah, I, I love uh, being able to to stay part of the scene and and kind of like i said b- before give people a platform to talk about themselves and who they are and how they got to where they are and uh the struggles and the, the wins and the losses and all that kind of stuff so yeah no so, i really like go ahead. i feel like um like back in the weekender uh when i was interning you guys were doing video type of things back then and that was like really cutting edge 
for you. So I think you like kind of took that creative and have turned it into a more like digestible of where like people watch a lot of podcasts and like, this is in the digital age. This is like your way of giving the weekender back. Well, thank you. Yeah. I never really looked at, looked at it like that before. That's cool. I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. It, it, I, I've said that before, you know, we were doing those weekend sessions and Mike Lello kind of headed that up and Matt Morgus was an intern that was very involved with that. We were, you know, they kept saying to us, you, you need to build and create digital content, drive people to the website. We want you to do all this stuff, but we're not going to give you a budget to, to do it with. So like, we're constantly like, you know, abusing our interns and you know, asking, oh, for, yeah. asking for favors here and there. Like, Hey, can we, uh, you know, can we uh, use sound systems for free? We'll give you a shout out or whatever it might be. But that was some of the coolest um, things we did as far as like weekend sessions and, and things like that. And the party favors that Rachel kind of uh, led and Mike and Nikki had um, uh, like weekly dose. And mm-hmm. when we were doing those things, Nobody else in our market was doing that. We were definitely ahead of the curve. And I, I wish that ownership would, would have like backed us more and, and kind of uh, helped us out a bit instead of us just kind of spinning our wheels. But um, yeah. And we tried bringing weekend sessions back. I know you were a part of that. We did. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think we started off with... Uh, Grace's downfall again. Mm-hmm. But then there was, you guys were doing, were we doing like monthly things with, um, what the hell were we doing? Didn't you like uh, do some kind of snowboarding? Oh, yes. We did trying new things. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we Kieran did, oh, yeah. Aerial, the aerial yeah, stuff. Yeah, aerial fabric. Yeah. I can't think of what we called that. Yeah. I don't remember, but you did, you did snowboarding. You did the aerial thing. I can't think of the other ones. I forgot about that. Yeah. I fell so hard <laughs> during one of the things. And that was like the highlighted clip in the video for everybody to watch. And I just remember getting sent clips of me falling over and over by friends (laughs) what was the call like it's driving me crazy i remember we used it was uh music from my downfall um i could think of this i can't think of the song's name but i can hear it in my head but again we're we're trying to do you know create digital content to drive people to the website and the area was really hard too though because like even as a salesperson and, and trying to get people to buy into you know, sponsorships and, you know, putting ads on the website. So they're like, well, I do ads in the weekend and that's worked for the past, you know, 15 years. Why would I want to do this, this internet thing? On the website. Yeah. yeah, It was weird. It was weird. If only they, they knew what was coming. Right. We We were on the cutting edge. Yeah. Some of those would still exist on YouTube. Like the the one at Harvey's Lake, the weekend sessions we do with um, the guy from uh, a bunch of the weekender sessions. So I just like googled it, and you can see a bunch of weekender sessions yeah. videos. So yeah, it's cool stuff. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, 
What was your favorite part of the weekender? Favorite moment? I feel like we had so many wild ones. Uh, I mean, I had a ton of fun at some of the man and model of the year parties. Um, When I was there, it was just, it was a wild party. We had some good parade day. Yeah. I think my first day of work, I was shooting the swimsuit edition. So that was like, just to dive right into your first day full time. (laughs) That's cool though, right? I mean, think about that. Like out of all the jobs you can have, right? You know, you have this job where you're photographing half naked women, half naked men. You know, that's that's the oh, it was the hotel right across the road too. Yeah, pool at Genetti's. Yeah. That was that pool. There, there was so there was a time when I think it was like 2006. I want to say there was a time they tried to make that pool area like like an after hours type, like nighttime, like this cool vibe. Club, really? Not a club, but like you know somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. I remember Rachel called me late one night. She's like, "Hey, we're going to." pool at Genetti's, you know, Josh Rosenblatt's going to be there. Big Rob's going like, you got to go. And I remember I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out. There's no way. She said, all these guys, everyone's going to be there. You got to come. And I did. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad I went. We ended up swimming late. We were, it was late. It had to be after midnight, but it was cool stuff. It was like back then, was just it was such a fun environment to work in yeah too i was always worried that it was going to spoil me because you had a lot of freedom no one was like mm-hmm. watching me punch a clock or anything like that so it's like i was worried that i would go from that to like a real job mm-hmm. and i kind of kind of happened i left the weekender i went to the radio the gym i had at the time was a freaking nut he was like mm-hmm. a squirrel like he saw something shiny on the wall and he like, he'd be like mid conversation with you. And he'd be like off, like walking the other way. It was real bizarre. So I left, yeah. that, I left that place. And I went to uh, eBay for six months, um, which was a nightmare in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a new GM at the stations and he, he uh, convinced me to come back and he was the best Steve Borneman. He was uh, an amazing general manager. I was so upset when, so I went back to radio. He mm-hmm. left a year and a half, two years after I went back. Um, and then we were GM-less for a little bit. And then we got a new GM, um, bit of a micromanager. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. But now I'm at Axelrad. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's kind of like I went back to the weekender as far as like, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, watched all the time and kind of have creative freedom to do things. And the ownership kind of empowers you to, 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 you know, just make your own decisions and, and move the company forward, which is really great. That's awesome. That sounds like a very much your vibe <laughs> and like allows you to like take that ownership to like build something of your own a part of something you yeah know? we just we just celebrated i think it was a year now this is cool video that tyler rice made uh mm-hmm. just put it on 
on Instagram. I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not, but uh, it's uh, that's the old building and the new building. Mm-hmm. Crazy how, how you transform awesome. it. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. So you know, I'm uh, happy. It it seems to be a common thing where people who uh, have left the weekender and you know whether it was being forced out or leaving on their own, we've all kind of um, have done well for ourselves. We, that, there's no one that was a part of that, that, that product that has, you know, like, you know, felt the face of the earth or, you know, started doing drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all pretty, yeah. we're all pretty, uh, we're all so kicking it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're you know, drug free. And long, yeah. You have a long list of guests to interview. I do. I do. I've I've gotten through a lot. I've gotten through a lot. Um but I stopped doing it for a little bit as far as the weekender crew was concerned. Mm-hmm. Some some, you know, they said like, you know, yeah, not right now. You were one of them. Like, hey, you yeah. know, I'm working on some stuff. I would rather do it when you could talk about what's going on. And you know, as far as painting goes, like what kind of inspires you? And I'm I'm guessing some of the stuff behind you is stuff that you've done. Yeah, so um, this piece behind me is actually the feature piece in my upcoming show. And the other piece you see was um, my wedding gift to my wife. Uh, But uh, I describe myself as a queer Asian American abstract artist. Um, I paint emotional experiences uh, is the best way I describe it. So I have painted about um, my personal struggle with anxiety, um, trauma from my childhood, um, just experiences that we probably as people all experience in our own ways. But I found a way to share my personal experience openly so that like, Others will feel more of a sense of community and less alone and would find things to relate to um, because I feel confident enough in my art to share that level of um, getting so personal with myself and what I experience. Yeah. So you, you said you're, you know, queer Asian. Um, There's obviously probably some challenges you know with with uh with that um yeah i mean i personally have lived through i've been discriminated at jobs um because as an individual i've been out i think you've known me since i've been out you know i was out when i worked at the paper and like looking back at that time i was very comfortable being out and being published in the paper and that was early 2000s yeah and stuff um yeah it's it's been an experience i mean uh coming out personally i had family not accept me so i have pieces that touch on that um and just it's 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 an experience and especially i grew up in a very rural area in upstate new york and um I'm half Japanese and in that area, I visibly 
looked like a minority. And so I was treated as such in certain situations growing up that like, you don't think affect you, but those scars do stay with you when you're called, you know, derogatory names and stuff like that. So, you know, now I use that as inspiration for pieces and um, to share with the community, I guess. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know, discrimination exists. Um, And the weekender was probably a great place because it was that alternative publication. Yeah, no one cared. Well, no, I mean, and we were were all like, we're not, we're not those people either. Like, yeah, no, it was just chill. We were, it was, we were just all friends. And so like, I never felt different at the weekender because we all were just you guys were so accepting and like looking back like not everybody can experience that especially early in their career yeah either. it's a shame that like people have to like oh i need to feel accepted or like, i want to be accepted and i mean will people accept me because i am mm-hmm. you know whatever black white mm-hmm. asian whatever it, it's it's such a shame it, it really it's I said this the other day, I, I feel like we're more divided now than we've ever been before. Um, everything's so tribal, everything's so political, everything's just so, you know, this side versus that side. And it's, it's just like, how did, I don't know how we got to where we are. I feel like we were making progress. And as much as people think that they're supporting certain things, I, I feel like by supporting it as much as they do, they're ignoring other things, if that makes any sense. I can't really... No, that totally makes sense. I totally get where you're coming from. And especially, like, you have a completely different perspective from it, Um, especially, like, your lived experience compared to mine uh, based on, I mean, I'm assuming how you identify and um, how dare that, you? How, how dare you? I know. How that's dare really you? Bad of Amanda Dimmer, how dare you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, knowing you for as many years as I've known you, um, it's just like to be able to view it from your perspective. And then you also know me as a person. And then you get to kind of see some of my perspective of life as well. It, I do feel that like sometimes we're very very divided as a society and like I try to use my art as a way of communication to bring people together and show that we are very similar whether you are straight gay um however you identify however you believe I'm sure there's some type of experience that I have lived that you have also experienced yeah how old were you when you came out Ooh, I was 19. I was in college. So I came out late in life. Did you, so, yeah. did you know for uh, a while? I, yeah, I knew for a very long time. And I mean, I've kind of had two coming out. So I came out first as being a part of the community, but now recently, and I think the, um, pandemic kind of allowed me to have a lot of time for personal reflection and stuff. I also now use they, them pronouns because reflecting on myself felt that 
um, a non-binary identity better encompassed how I view myself as a person because I didn't necessarily feel one way or another. I'm just me. That's the best way I describe it. So finding something that best encompasses that was also an experience as well. And there are pieces within this collection that kind of talk on that more. Okay. So, yeah. Can you elaborate? Cause I don't know. I don't know if I'm, you know, ignorant or what it might be, but you know, the whole, the whole pronoun thing I see, you know, you see a lot of people put in their, their uh, social media profiles. He, she, you know, you mentioned they, them, mm-hmm. um, you know, what does that, what does that mean exactly? So I can tell you what it means for me personally, but I mean, I would say most people, it's a conversation you should have with anybody. So I use she, they pronouns. Um, So either I've used she pronouns my entire life. However, I feel that they better or more encompasses how I feel as a person and how I identify as a person. So. I mean, because I'm so used to using she, it doesn't bother me. Most people um, use she pronouns for me. However, I do use they, them as well. Um, because I do feel that that does encompass how I identify. Yeah. I always feel kind of poorly. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what it is about me. I just don't like, I don't know if I, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? Cause I don't want to say I, mean, I don't want to be we an asshole. It's very, just we're very good friends. So I would not view you as an asshole <laughs> if you say it bluntly, but I've known you for so many years. So I don't, I know you don't mean it in harm. Yeah. It just, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I don't know if it's my age and I, I don't want to like adapt. I don't, I don't, that's not it either. I just should probably just stop talking, but, um, I think it's important to have the the conversations. Yeah. I mean, like the best thing that I can suggest is have conversations with people. Um, I had a lot of conversations with friends and people that I was close with who did identify as non-binary to hear their perspective and their, what brought them to that conclusion. And when that happened and this, I, spend a lot of time listening i enjoy to hear hearing people's stories and their personal experiences so i've just i've asked a lot of questions um with others and i read a lot so i I suppose that i just don't like labels yeah that's just you know me i mean because i don't see i don't i don't see you as you see me as me because yeah you're a man of You know, and, and I learned at a very young age, and I've, I've said this, I've told this story several times. Um, you know, when I was very young, um, maybe five years old, I, I maybe six, I don't, I don't know the exact age, but I was at my, uh, at my house with my, my, mm-hmm. my parents. And uh, we had, you know, these um, calendars that you would put on the refrigerator. And we got a new one. And I ran over and I went to see the picture that was associated with my birthday month. Mm-hmm. And I said, mom, I don't like the picture for my birthday month. Mm-hmm. And she said, why is that? And I said, because there's a black guy on it. And that, that was the moment when I learned that there, there is no difference. My mom sat me down and she's like, whoa, like 
that doesn't mean anything. They're, you know, we're no different. You know, you, you shouldn't view, you know, people by the color of their skin and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuck with me for a long time. And I'll never forget that as a, as a very young, young boy. Um, and I, I, I like to think that, I mean, I don't see uh, color. I don't, I don't see race. I don't, I don't care if, you know, you're a man who likes other men or if you're a woman who likes women, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. you're not, as long as you're not hurting people, like what, what, what does it matter? Yeah. And I feel like you're very much a people person and with these podcasts, you're just having conversations. So I feel like you talk to a lot of people so that might influence the way you, you just view individuals as their stories and their conversations less by what society may specifically label someone as. Yeah. yeah. It it breaks my heart to hear that, you know, you weren't accepted when you were young and when you came out and um, I don't know the, the hurdles you, you know, you had to jump and, and, you know, during your, your childhood and not that we need to get into it now, but I mean, <laughs> that's not, that's like, and I, I think, I think, you know, having a son or having a child, I mean, really kind of, put that into perspective because I would never want him to, to feel a certain way, no matter, you know, what he decides to do. And I would break my heart if I knew he was getting picked on for whatever reason. It, maybe it's not even a, maybe it's just kids being kids and picking on kids. Mm-hmm. I don't let alone like, you know, sexual orientations and things like that. I, and I think, you know, he definitely changed my perspective and, you know, empathy I have for people and I, I don't ever want to see people get hurt you know yeah. that's that's a terrible thing to have happen yeah I mean that's great for you to also because you're so empathetic and I'm sure your son has really like brought that on tenfold especially you know like I'm sure when he gets a scratch you feel every moment of <laughs> his pain you know yeah. but that also like brings hope for what you, the type of environment that you're bringing him up into, you know, and like knowing like no matter what your son's going to be accepted with you, like that's amazing. And like to have that type of progress from, you know, our parents' generation to where you are, that's huge, especially for someone of the LGBTQ plus community, you know? Yeah. I always say like, you know, obviously no matter what happens, you know, if he grows up and likes men or whatever, whatever it might be. I mean, I don't, it's, I instantly say, I don't want him to be like that. And when I say be like that, it's not a, I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, I don't want him to have challenges. I don't want him to have to like, you know, you don't want him to have to struggle. Yeah. I don't, I remember saying to one of my friends, he's like, He's like, well, why do you care? And I'm like, because, and especially in this area at times, like we're a little bit further behind and we're in an area that, you know, we're old school and we're always thinking. I'm like, there's definitely like people who would judge him or whatever it might be. He's like, oh no, it's better now. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? It's definitely not. I mean, I hope these conversations continue to happen. And yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're better than where I 
felt like society was when I was growing up and young and there's way more representation now, which is amazing. And I'm trying to use my platform to be as much of like representation for um, how I identify as well and trying to use what bit of a platform I have as a way for younger generations to see, okay, there's somebody who might be like me that's comfortable being in public and like this is possible, you know? Well, Amanda, I don't think we ever talked like this. Yeah, no, we got like a real heart to heart, man. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, you know, it was, it was weird. I mean, you don't want to do that in the workplace, especially if I'm your boss and you're whatever. It's like, how do you, how do you bring it up? How do you talk about it without, you know, getting HR involved, right? Right. <laughs> Not that I ever thought that you would do that because, you know, you're, you're very open I'm about. Very, yeah. That's, that's how, you know, and um, I'll, I'll talk about it really quickly. I've been, uh, I've been auditioning for a uh, reality show. Oh. Uh, they found me online. Uh, I thought it was a scam, um, but I've, I've made it like made it to the finals and, uh-huh. um, uh, and I had a final interview last evening and um, they, one of the questions was like, how do you feel about cancel culture? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't believe in it because mm-hmm. I feel like if we silence people, we're not having the conversations. We're not, um, you know, if you, if you silence them, they, they just go away. I think it was Whoopi, mm-hmm. it was Whoopi Goldberg said something on, on her show or whatever. I forget what it was exactly. Something about, the Jewish community or something like that. I forget, but they wanted to try and cancel her. I'm like, well, instead of trying to cancel her, let's talk about what she said, why it's wrong. And like, start the education. Like, and process. how to go about it at a yeah. better way. Don't just like, Oh, you're, you're done. You're gone. Let's not talk about you and what you did and what you said and move on mm-hmm. from it. Let's, let's have a discussion. But who am I? Who are we? You're Popco. I mean, in this area, you are Popco. I I was talking to coworkers and mentioning that I was going to be on this podcast, and they were like, "I know who he is." Really? So, yeah. That's I wild. mean, people still know you as John Popco from the weekender. Yeah. It was a funny um, Dustin Douglas from. Uh, it was Dustin uh, Dravich. I ran yeah. into his ran into his dad today at the the gas station he goes are you johnny popco <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> are you dustin's dad <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah it's funny oh, it's but, it's the i just remember the beard icons that we did for marketing and oh that image of kieran from stepbrothers was yeah golden. that was the best i that'll pop up in the Facebook memories. And I'm like, I don't think people appreciated this as much as they should. It was so good. (laughs) It was so good. It was so good. Like that, like, I don't know. (laughs) It was so good. There were so many golden nuggets in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, the weekend, it was a great place. It brought a lot of people together. A lot of people that are, Doing great things. Kieran is a uh, restaurant owner. Did you know that? Yeah, I think I just saw an update on Facebook that he bought a restaurant. 
I run into him once every couple of years at a wedding. Okay. Never oh, sure, fail. Yeah. yeah. Every, every couple of years randomly, I will see him at a wedding <laughs> and I see your updates just from Facebook and stuff. But, yeah, Rachel has a, uh, a new Instagram page. I think it's called, um, Oh, some kind of baking thing. She's going mm-hmm. to kill me. I should know this. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, something about uh, baked bread and breakfast. Uh, hold on, I'll find it. Let's 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 talk about it here. Let's talk about it. I bake bread and breakfast. New new <laughs> social media page from Rachel Pugh. I'm gonna have to check that out. I did not see that yet. Yeah, she's got 35 followers. We gotta get this this up. Let's get her to 100. While we're on this podcast, I'm gonna all, all five of my listeners will will now go like her page. Oh, it came up right away. Yeah. Go ahead, like it. All right. I'll see the oh, there it is. 36. We're at 36, what? Rachel. But she was a great boss. She was a great first boss for me too, just because yeah. I think some of the things I did I probably should have been fired for. <laughs> mainly, mainly drinking too much. But thank, thank oh, God man. she didn't fire me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where where would we be now? We'd be nobody. I know. I think I. <laughs> Uh, every Christmas, um, there'll be a photo pops up. Uh, you were away. I don't know if you were on vacation during Christmas time, but I put a, a four pack of uh, Red Bull on your desk. Yes, I remember that. And I, and it I wrote, comes up on your timeline. Yeah, so I, and I wrote, you know, for you know, for my favorite Asian, and I'm like, is that is that? Can we say that now? Is this like, is that incorrect these days? I don't even know. Oh, that's amazing. I don't I didn't even remember that just said that. That's amazing. Yeah. You are, Mark. <laughs> I know, I am. That's funny. Oh yeah. Well, well I, wish... I hope you can come to the show, man. Yeah. So April first, I, I mean, I I've been meaning to get up there to hang out at uh Caleb's shop. So mm-hmm. I, I'm due to get up there. Um I'm gonna put my phone right now so I at least have a reminder. Yeah, so um, the receptions from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's welcome. Ditmar. Open to the public first Friday in Scranton yeah. at Bizarre Skate Shop, Adams Ave. Um, Amanda Ditmar, the artist, Sachiko. Sachiko. Yeah. You did it. Did it. Lots of practice. All right. <laughs> Ditmar uh, art show, we'll call it art show. So five to nine, right? Yep. Uh, and where can people follow you on social media? Uh, on Instagram, it's at the artist Sachiko. And if they want to see um, all of my work is on my website. It's the artist com. You can also purchase pieces, but you can see all of my pieces I keep up there as well as the um, stories behind the inspiration from every piece. That's great. I should definitely check that out. I, I love, I love to hear, um, the stories, you know, a lot of musicians won't talk about the meanings behind songs because they want 
the people uh, to kind of interpret it, you know, how, mm-hmm. you know, they, they see it. Um, but I always love hearing the stories about, you know, music and songs. And I, I think the same thing might go for, you know, artists that, who paint and things like that. They want to kind of, they would like me to interpret it how I would want to, you know, however I see it, but I like those, those stories. So I'll definitely check that out. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited. I've shared a few little previews of the show online, but most of the collection in its entirety has not been seen. Um, And if it has been seen, it's only been seen in natural light like this. Um, All of the pieces can be shown in a dual light as well that will hopefully, if I can get everything together, show the show live. Otherwise, um, there's a few videos that I've posted some sneak peeks of it as well that's awesome well i'm so happy that you kind of re-emerged onto social media and you've you've kind of uh brought this passion back to life or however you want to call it it's really cool to see you uh expose yourself and and you know show your vulnerability and you know create these, these art pieces and create a community where people can you know be a part of your world and you know yeah i mean i even I didn't even bring up. I once a month meet up with local artists and do a Zoom session just to talk about art and create a sense of community as well. So, you know, it really has like brought, I'm trying to build a sense of community. And, and that's stuff. awesome. So it's really, we need people like that. We need, yeah. we need people having discussions and creating things. And, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. I hope the first show is a wild success. Uh, I hope that I can make it. Um, I have it in my phone. So that's, that's half the battle right there. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll send your wife a reminder too. Yeah. What I'll, what what I should try and do is I'll, uh, I'll bring the wife and kid Yeah. and maybe we'll go out for dinner and scranton afterwards. We don't get that up that way at that often. So we'll make it. Yeah. There's a lot of really good places to eat up this way too, especially if you don't come up this way. Yeah. Well, it's in my phone, so we're going to make it happen. Sounds good. Well, I'm so excited to see you and catch yeah. up. In, in person. Yeah, right? So in crazy fr- to see people in person now. I know. Well, did you... Were you at my wedding? I was. Okay, so that's probably the last time I saw you then. It was 2015. Yeah, I shot your wedding. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. It, that whole yeah. day was a blur. I mean, it's gone. I just... I remember... A little bit of rain, and you had a little bit the of rain. Biggest... Rained literally all day. Literally, you had from morning the to biggest night. wedding party I had I ever seen. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't. There's people I couldn't not have. I mean, there could have been more. Really, honestly, wow. there was there was people that I, you know, I was in their weddings that I wanted to you know, have in mind, but it got to a point where it's like, this is a lot. We had to rent yeah. the biggest like bus limousine to to get people from point a to point b <laughs> yeah oh man good, good times, times. Good yeah times. Right? well amanda thank you so much for doing this it was uh a pleasure talking to you um Absolutely. i'm glad we had a, an opportunity to you know have these conversations and you know that we couldn't have back in the day and um yeah it's awesome it was great catching up yeah yeah always. thank you so much for having me yeah I can't wait to get this out and, and let people know about your show. And Absolutely. I can't wait to see you on Friday, April 1st at Bizarre Skate Shop 
Adams Ave, Scranton, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Absolutely. All right, Amanda, I'll see you soon. Sounds good. All right, later.